0: Welcome to DealCast, the M&A podcast brought to you by the Merger Market and Deal Reporter editorial teams. I'm Dean McCroby, journalist at Deal Reporter and Merger Market, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we're joined by my colleagues Amy Joe Crowley and Hebe Abdelrahman, and we will be looking first at European telecoms very broadly, and then we will be uh, honing in a little bit on KPN and potential interest in a takeover of that company. So first, we'll turn to Amy Jo and ask you, Amy Jo, what are the overriding trends in European telecoms at the moment?
1: Apart from convergence, I think the overriding trend is infrastructure funds their appetite for mobile and fibre networks in Europe as they seek steady returns on investment. Last year, Alti sold uh, half of their SFR fibre to the home business to Infraplayers, Alliance, AXA, And Omer's for a big price, 1.8 billion, I believe. The deal was prompted by Altis wanting to address its debt pile and credit rating. And this has prompted a lot of activity in the market. Uh, TDF in France is also up for sale at the moment and in process. They have a fiber business. And also, Altis is selling their fiber business in Portugal, which is very much advanced. At this moment in time, and there should be an announcement in, in the next month or so. And uh, so the increasing value investors are placing on fibre to the home also saw City Fibre, which is in the UK. They sold a stake in their business to Goldman Sachs, Anton Infrastructure and a couple of others uh, for a chunky price compared to the size of their overall business. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot of activity happening at the moment. IP only um, is in the market. EQT is selling that. A lot of infra funds are around that and potentially forming up and joining consortiums. And then also Tok in the UK, they're selling uh, their joint venture, their Fibre Nation uh, business. Well, they're looking for an investor to help them boost it and roll out Fibre to compete against BT and Liberty Global. But last year, there was also a big deal. Uh, TDC was sold to Macquarie and PFA, PKA, and ATP, those infra funds, uh, for 8.5 billion. So that was a big transaction.
0: Well, looking specifically at KPN now, Heba, there were reports regarding Brookfield
2: showing interest in that company. And can you elaborate on this at all? Yeah, sure. Um, There were reports that Brookfield Asset Management of Canada was looking at making an approach for KPN together with Dutch pension funds, APG and PGGM. Um, These reports were back in January. It's since gone very, very quiet. But what we're hearing from bankers is that these bidders were probably eyeing KPN with a view to a network separation. Bankers have said that any financial bidders for KPM would be looking at uh, the potential value that can be extracted from a network separation. Um, as Amy Jo mentioned, they might want to replicate the model of Macquarie's acquisition of TDC. They're also doing a network separation. Now, obviously, um, KPM, as the Dutch incumbent, holds critical infrastructure assets. And any deal, particularly from financial bidders, would have to get the political nod. Now, the reason it's probably gone quiet, what we're hearing, is that perhaps the Dutch participation in the consortium was too small. So for the deal to be politically palatable, the Dutch would have to be a major participant in any consortium. And that's not to say that any foreign bidder would, would be rejected, but a foreign financial bidder would have to be accompanied by a Dutch participant you know, that has a long-term view over the assets.
0: Are political considerations the main challenge? And what other challenges face any bidder for KPN?
2: Political considerations are definitely a major challenge in the Netherlands. The Netherlands is becoming um, increasingly protectionist. Um, So regardless of shareholder views, basically, if management are not on board with the deal, it can be easily blocked. Um, Any deal for KPN or any deal for any large company that's a major employer or holds critical infrastructure assets would have to be done on a friendly basis. First of all, um, KPN, we saw KPN's uh, Stickting Foundation block a hostile takeover attempt by America Mobile in 2013. and um, Basically, this foundation is still in place and they can effectively block any hostile takeover by um, exercising a call option that gives them almost 50 percent of the voting power in the company. So basically, so you have the protectionist aspect of it, and then you have uh, the poison pills in the Netherlands. These are the two key aspects. Even when shareholders are on board, basically, a deal can be easily blocked if management aren't on board.
0: So moving from execution to the business case for any deal, Amy Joe, what are the challenges for any bidder, whether it's a telecom or an infrastructure fund targeting a network separation?
1: I, I think the main problem is that there are a very limited number of investors willing to take the same risk that Macquarie took on, on TDC, and none of the none of the Canadian pension funds uh, would would do it. Uh, I, I'm, I've heard from from bankers, um, and if they did, they would only take a minority stake in a consortium as a passive investor, and there are only a limited number of European players that can undergo a network separation very few and far between I've asked and um, I I haven't um, found an answer as to which other ones could um, be targets, but my understanding is that it's very, very um, limited. And um, as Heba pointed out, KPN also already has its own challenges. There were uh, talks about uh, Telecom Italia uh, considering a network uh, spin-off but uh, that in itself has its Challenges. So, so there was a talk about um, them spinning off the, the, net, the network, but the watchdog outcome um, postponed its review of the plan of the plan to spin it off um, because they saw problems with it, and they didn't think it made much sense for uh, Telecom Italia to, to keep a majority stake in the business. And now they're looking at merging it with uh, Open Fiber instead as a combination of both their networks.
0: So looking again at KPN, Heba, how does KPN stand on this spectrum and how viable is a network separation in this case?
2: Um, Actually, on an earnings call a couple of weeks ago, KPN's chairman and CEO was asked about a network separation and he actually said... They they were looking at it at the moment, and they're looking at what's going on in Europe with other network separations plans. I mean, obviously, um, Amy Jones mentioned Telecom Italia, and there's there's always been talk about BT potentially spinning off OpenReach. But what he said on that call is that basically he didn't see, they or KPN didn't see any advantage of doing it at the moment. So it seems like with KPN, it's not an impossible, because some companies have structural issues, they can't do it. With KPN, it's not impossible, but they just don't see any advantage to doing it. Um, one of the reasons, perhaps, is because like any incumbent, has to kind of uh, has to consider its viability as a standalone operator without being underpinned by, by its network. So a lot of this relates to its performance and competition on the market. At the moment, KPN, you know, there's a lot of competition from uh, Vodafone, Zigo. Um, it's like it's recorded like a fall in revenues due to competition in the mobile market. So the question is whether KPN is confident enough about performing, operating as a standalone operator without the network underpinning it, basically. Okay, there is also the question of CapEx required to expand fibre to home and whether a separation or different ownership will jeopardise it. Because also we have to understand that KPN's existing customer base is likely the first to take up any new services rolled out. So in some way, this they also underpin the network infrastructure.
0: And why is there now such an increased focus on network separations, Amy-Jo, just across the industry? What is the, what is the rationale?
1: Well, I think, I think it's is trying to replicate the Macquarie TDC transaction. But I, I don't know. I don't think there is, the focus is mainly on network separations at the moment. I think it's few and far uh, between the number of people who are looking at this, given the challenges that we've outlined. And there are only a limited number of opportunities in Europe. And um, if there is increased focus, I know that bankers are probably keeping their cards close to their chest. I think more of the focus is on fiber assets elsewhere in Europe and infra funds investing in them. As I mentioned earlier, the number of assets on the market, there are many. Moment.
0: Is there any pressure from activist investors to um, to engage in network separation or to pursue that model?
1: Well, I think Elliot, and Elliot um, as we mentioned, in Telecom Italia, they're very keen. They were pushing for a network as separation and wanted Telecom Italia to sell their, their stake in it. But that's where the contention is, because Telecom Italia would prefer to keep it. There's also Telenor. Uh, constructive capital is
2: also pushing them to sell off their masts. So definitely, and BT, there's been a lot of talk as well about uh, activists coming in trying to push them to separate their assets as well. Perfect.
0: Well, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe to us. Dealcast is available on Apple Podcasts. Just search Dealcast. You can also find us on Audio Boom. Information on the deals discussed today will be listed in the show notes. See you next time.